Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode involves details that may be upsetting to some listeners. Officials say a body found in Wyoming is consistent with the description of missing Gabby Petito. We're talking about the Gabby Petito investigation. The uh, Gabby Petito case, a YouTuber. Um, Brian laundered her from the family of Gabby Petito, the 22-year-old who went missing and then was found. The father of Gabby Petito tweeted a photo of his daughter. You've probably heard the name Gabby Petito by now. After venturing on a camping trip with her fiancé this past summer, Petito went missing and was eventually found dead in Wyoming. Her death was ruled a homicide. And day by day, hour by hour, headline after harrowing headline, we got nonstop updates. I mean, it's overwhelming watching this. I believe it could help solve my daughter's cases. Nicole Wagon is a mother and a Northern Arapaho Indigenous Persons Advocate in Riverton, Wyoming, who is all too familiar with loss. Her two oldest daughters, Jocelyn and Jade, went missing and were eventually found dead in 2019 and 2020. They are just two of the 710 indigenous people who went missing in Wyoming between 2011 and 2020. But many people don't know about these cases. Petito's remains have been discovered in Grand Teton National Park, where the vast fields run into dark, mysterious forests. Just this week, a coroner determined that she died of strangulation. And the manhunt still trudges on for Brian Laundrie, Petito's fiancé, and the main person of interest in her murder. But people are beginning to point out the disparities between the efforts and obsession over the disappearance of Gabby Petito, who is white, compared to those countless cases of missing and murdered black and brown people across the country. In this episode of Connect the Dots, we'll discuss how the media has, in a way, become intertwined with the missing white women phenomenon. And we'll hear more from Nicole Wagon and her fight to keep missing and murdered indigenous people from being just statistics. I'm Linda Lopez, and this is Connect the Dots from Odyssey, a weekly podcast where we bring together multiple perspectives to unpack a single compelling story. In Gabby Petito's case, social media was a game changer. She was known as a van life influencer whose followers on Instagram felt a connection to her and wanted to help in the search for her. TikTok users published videos about the search for Petito, and people were posting her photos all over social media. 
Dr. Danielle Slakoff is a professor of criminal justice at California State University, Sacramento. I also think, and this is my speculation, is that because this is a case about intimate partner violence, uh, research has shown, uh, research by Vigri and Fraley has shown that some women are drawn to true crime because they want to learn the warning signs and safety tips, right? And so I think the fact that this is a case of intimate partner violence where we have a couple that on social media seem really happy, um, potentially being this you know, horrific crime at the center of this couple, I think that people may be drawn to this case because they want to know how something like this could happen to a couple that on social media appears to be very happy. But traditional media still sets the pace for missing persons coverage and in many ways has fallen short when it comes to indigenous communities. That's according to Oklahoma attorney Brett Chapman, an enrolled member of the Pawnee Nation. This crisis with missing and murdered indigenous women didn't just like come out of thin air. It's been going on for some time now. And so what a real problem has been is that it's just really been not being had any attention paid to it because the biggest problem facing Native Americans as a whole in this country, in the United States, is invisibility. And so, you know, the world just moves on. People think that Native Americans are people in the past or, you know, they don't really consider us as contemporary people. In the wake of Petito's disappearance, some have criticized the media for invoking missing white woman syndrome, a term coined by the late PBS journalist Gwen Ifill to describe the disproportionate media coverage of white women who are missing compared to women of color. And at least one current journalist has been reprimanded for calling attention to the phenomenon. Bay Area TV news anchor Frank Somerville, an anchor at KTVU and a veteran reporter, wanted to include a tagline during a broadcast covering Petito's disappearance that criticized the lack of news coverage for missing people of color. But after a disagreement between Somerville and his supervisors, the conversation was cut short and Somerville was suspended indefinitely. Protesters showed up at KTVU in Oakland to advocate for Somerville's position. Frank understood. Frank knew that he was sacrificing for a big purpose. I am speaking for other women, black and brown, whose stories went untold. Their stories deserve to be told. When are you going to start telling black and brown stories? But Chapman says that calling attention to the lack of media coverage around missing women of color shouldn't be seen as disregarding Gabby Petito. I mean, it's nothing on her. I mean, you know, she's the victim of a horrible crime, but the coverage of it, um, I think it just is next in a long line of cases where the media knows that there's a missing uh, white girl that's very pretty, blonde hair or something, uh, kind of middle class, uh, you know, typical for if you're a white person, like girl next door type deal. Um, and then they just did as they normally do with it, which is really play it up because they know the viewers are eating it up. But while they do that, you see people that are also uh, speaking out against uh, racial injustice and these types of uh, systemic white supremacy, calling attention to missing and murdered indigenous women as like most people have never heard of it before, but some of us have. In fact, interest in her case has increased awareness of other cases, including the hundreds of missing people in Wyoming. It's great that there's this people out there that are calling attention to it because it is a real problem. And, uh, and I think, you know, unfortunately with Gabby Petito, 
you know, she could have been killed anywhere, but, you know, the state where she's killed, it does have a large Native American population and that this uh, MMIW problem out there is, is really rampant and very little has been done. Findings from the recent Wyoming Survey and Analysis Center study back up the theory that reports of missing indigenous women are underreported in the state. For example, only 12% of articles about missing Native women contain a photo, compared to 33% of articles about missing white women. Framing absolutely uh, characterizes it. It tells people how to feel about it, whether it's important or not. And if they use a photograph that's like a mugshot of somebody, that automatically, without even saying any words, tells you, well, this person's life has less worth than if it's like a picture of somebody, you know, smiling at a wedding or something nice. And that's if the stories get reported at all. In Wyoming, it's far more likely that an article will be written about a missing white woman. But articles on missing Native women often appear after they're found dead. With Native American women, it's like no one cares when they go missing at first. And a lot of the responses I've seen, unfortunately, when I've spoken about this Gabby Petito connection to it, is they're like, well... You know, maybe uh, it's because Gabby's parents went to the news, uh, you know, and really demanded action. Well, that's that's insulting in the sense that, well, of course, these Native parents are doing the same thing, you know, and it's like it's assuming that we don't do that. But unfortunately, because we have very little place in media um, news and things like that, then the only recourse for Native Native families is social media. In January of 2019, Nicole Wagon's oldest daughter, Jocelyn Watt, was murdered and found in Riverton, Wyoming, along with her companion, Rudy Perez. It remains an open case. A year later, in January of 2020, her second oldest daughter, Jade Wagon, was reported missing. She was found dead more than two weeks later. It was initially stated that hyperthermia and drugs caused her death, but her mother believes she was murdered. The case has since been reopened. Nicole says she can empathize with the pain that the Petito family feels. I pray for that family. I know that pain too well. Your, your world is crushed. You know, um, I, I feel for the mother and, and as any mother. And again, like any mother to ever bury the child before their time. She also says that the Petito case reminded the country of all the women that go missing in Wyoming every year. I'm grateful that she was able to locate her child because look at the others, the many, many others across our nation that haven't, you you know what I mean? That, that loss and not being able to um, lay your child to rest. I mean, that's, that's a hardship. I mean, you know, I mean, and, Like I said, it's not easy laying my daughters to rest. I had to go with closed caskets. She wishes that media outlets would pay more attention to Indigenous people who have gone missing and says that one of the issues is distrust between Native communities and the media. So I know a lot of it is not easy for them to reach out or talk about anything or, you know, what their supports are. Um, And like I said, maybe I make it look easy, but it's not easy. But it's about having their voices to be heard. Nicole says she believes her daughters were seen as numbers instead of people. But, Nicole insists, each missing person needs to have the same amount of media coverage and support in order to solve the case. I think we've got to change the mindset of even BIA. Because why is the number so large? Meaning they look at these people as 
these families as statistics, numbers, you know what I mean? These are real people. My daughters are unique and special. And that's become an advocate and fight so much for justice for them, for, for both ways, you know? So I know it's like with um, federally, it, it's, to me, it's inexcusable for how it has affected our reservation lands. It's, it's like pulling teeth out. And the fact of the matter is somebody knows something and everybody's related some way, somehow, and then they get afraid. And then you got to make it to where for their protection, for people that turn in tips, people that know information that are scared for their own self. How do we protect them? And it's not just the media that's being called out. Nicole says law enforcement and the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or BIA, needs to start taking cases of missing indigenous people more seriously and using their resources more equally. Look how much law enforcement is involved. I was watching the news um, last week where they said FBI came up from Colorado. And then so you step back and you look at everything and it's like, holy cow. And then the different law enforcement that are involved with the search and they're using drones and they're using dogs, you know. And it's like my daughter went missing not once but twice. And I know at one point um, we were, I was just so devastated. I was calling the lieutenant of BIA at the time of what the heck, why did you call off the search? Where's the dogs? Are you doggone kidding me? And in my heart, I knew that my daughter was still out there. Don't, don't ask me how I knew. And she got away from the perp and she ran. This is, I'm talking about Jade. And she had no shoes on. And she saw one of the lights for BIA, and she followed it. She kept on throwing rocks at that vehicle to stop in order to get help. And that's how we were able to find her. And and I, I, I never cussed out BIA so hard. I said, you guys fell. You guys stopped. You gave up. Me and my family, my sister, we were still out there. And... We found her, took her to the hospital, to whatever. The, the trauma and, and what my daughter has went through is beyond. And I tell you what, and he, they couldn't quit apologizing. I said, you didn't find her. She found you. So this isn't once. This is twice. And then so there's more to that story with my daughter, Jade. And I'll be darned if they're going to close that case. Who's dropping the balls here? Who's saying, oh, you know, they're native. Throw it under the, the rug. Who cares? They're just numbers. They don't count matter. That's how they make us feel. And that hurts. The people with the myth of reporting people, like, do I wait 24 hours? And it's like, no, follow your gut. You know something's wrong. And then I've got on to my law enforcement officials of you need a community and you need to give that family the benefit of the doubt. If they believe strongly something's wrong, something's wrong. Get up and speak out and say something. Because if you choose not to, it's just going to keep happening and happening and happening again. 
But she says, thanks to relentless work from her and her community, more victim advocates and points of contacts can be made more available to those on the reservation. We have Amber Alert, and I know we've been pushing to establish a red alert. Um, my oldest daughter was on the state side. My second daughter, Jade, was through BIA, federal land. So with that being said, BIA didn't even have any victims advocate positions in place. And all of a sudden, if you do your homework or even look onto their site, they recently advertised for those positions. And that's a key component. Victims advocates are the link to the family. What's the update? Here's the tips. Where's this case at? You know, how can I get my family help? What support do I have? Are they able to get counseling? The families should be able to understand what is available to them. They have no idea. They're in so much despair. I know some families have moved away because they couldn't handle the community, the pressure, the hurt of what their family went through. And stopping these tragedies before it's too late is also a priority. One gentleman that I was working with put in place that if you're going to be in a casino, no hoodies. So when that person comes on in, they're not hiding their face. So if something comes about or something, you know what I mean, is suspicious, they're able to see who, when, where, and what. And then I also worked with my sister. We came up with these posters to put behind every bathroom stall. So I got one national human trafficking hotline called this hotline. Do you want to get out of their life? Are you being forced to work against your will? Is your are threatened or tricked by your boss? Do you know someone who may be, you know, that kind of stuff? Because a lot of people don't know that that information or that's available to them. Even though she's fought through her grief, she's not done yet. So I got to shake the hell out of this tree to get answers and justice for my daughter, Jade. And I don't believe in the system. And if I got to go higher up to D.C., then so be it. You still got to get up every day. Rise and shine, greet the day, do the best that you can, hit the ground running, and don't fall into that despair or that depression. And if you don't have those support, I tell you what, it's easy to, to even go there. And so that's to come on this other end. I advocated and advocated, how can I make a positive out of this? How can I make it for better for others? Because I get so many calls from others when their loved one goes missing. You know, I'm like, look, I'll help you swallow your pride. But at the same time, I'm going large and we are going to find your child. But you got to look past everything and forgive others, meaning they're going to be judgmental thinking that you're a bad parent. But they don't realize the peer pressure that our youth that, that have to face the tribulations of today. Like my daughter, I'm so proud of her, Tiana, my third child. Um she finally spoke up to the news media and I told her, I said, look, sweetheart, I know it's hard and I know it hurts. I said, but your sisters had voices and they had a story. And from a sister perspective, uh, they, that they counted and mattered. To me, the more you step up, I believe in strong women. I raised strong women. I said, and your sisters were beautiful. Then second, it's helping you heal. One step is helping you heal the more you talk about it, the more you say their name, and the more that you share. You know, it's healing. And at the same time, and she looked at me, she goes, Mom, I said, I know I make it look easy. I said, but I believe in it. 
I said, and your sisters would be fighting for me. If this happened to mama, what would your sisters be doing? She goes, are you kidding me? If you knew my oldest daughter, tough, take the bull by the horns. She was half Native American. She was enrolled Arapaho, and she was half African American. I always told her, you're, you're, you're strong. You know how strong you are? Your roots. Look at the roots. Look at who you are, your leaders, the warriors. Our Native people, how your grandma, your great-grandma talked to you and spoke to you. Listen to all that. This is who you are. This is how you were raised. And I would never let my daughters forget who they are and where they came from. You know, and I cry. I tell you what, I do. I'm human. I hurt. I'm a mother. I cry, and I'm taught if you, when you cry, let it out, because if you don't cry, you're going to get yourself sick. That's what my elders teach me. Second, my tears, I can't let them blind me. I still got to be strong for the daughters that need me as much as I need them. And I got to be strong for my daughters, Jade's kids, who I have that are blessings because her spirit lives on through them. Nicole finds comfort in community and in her faith, raised both as a Catholic and a Native woman. She recently took part in riding for MMIW, a motorcycle ride for missing and murdered Indigenous women. The riders put Jade's name on the back of their motorcycles to spread awareness. When they're riding on a motorcycle, they saw two eagles, and everything means something. It has some kind of spiritual belief for us. So here they were riding, they stopped, they took a break, and they saw eagles flying. And those eagles were squawking, and they said, Nicole, they were saying, that's a blessing. Whenever you see an eagle, it's a blessing. And to say, hey, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of us. Now our voices are being heard. So that's what I mean of thank you to the Petito family. You shed it light to the state of Wyoming. Then thank you. You helped bring in light to the MMIP and all these 710 may their voices be heard now. Nothing can take back the pain and suffering felt by Gabby Petito's family and by the many others who have subsequently been reminded of loved ones who have met the same fate. But people are now paying attention. Gabrielle Petito, but organizations such as the Coalition to Stop Violence Against Native Women note that when women of color vanish, they seldom get the same attention. Missing white woman syndrome is a term that refers to the attention white women get when they go missing and the lack of attention on the cases of black, brown, and indigenous people. As the search for 22-year-old Gabby Petito has gathered national attention, it also brings to light the hundreds of indigenous people missing from the same area with not not nearly the same amount of coverage. And on Tuesday, Gabby Petito's family announced they're starting a foundation in her name to help other families find their missing loved ones. This episode of Connect the Dots was written and produced by Lauren Berry, Sydney Fishman, and Dempsey Pilat. It was executive produced and edited by Mallory Samara. Until next week, I'm your host, WCBS News Radio's Linda Lopez. Thanks for joining us. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.